You're listening to North Bay Christ the King's weekly sermon podcast. In this week's message, Pastor Dan McAvoy parallels how we walk to our resemblance to the Father. When I was a kid, that was the epitome of cool right there, Tavolta. That was it. In my mind, I thought that way. I thought that could be me. Uh, but, uh, you know, reality, reality sets in the real world and where we're at. In fact, as a kid, um, I actually was, you know, like thinking I could be that cool. But, but, but really, though, I got, actually got teased in middle school the, by the way I walked. And I think I've improved over the years and how I walk, but there there is a there was a period of time, and I, I think I've corrected. I try to correct a long way, but but I got teased, and this is this therapy as I share this with you, is that I got I got teased. I walk like a duck. And there's people that have, you know, there's people like that. You know, you got those friends that, that have, like, they have a soundtrack going in their head as they're going down. And, and I had something else. I don't know what it exactly was. But, but you can laugh. It's okay. There's permi- I'm giving you permission to laugh about this because I'm, I'm over it through some, you know, some counseling sessions. But I used to walk down the hall in middle school in passing time. And people would tease me. I walk like a duck. So I hear quack, quack, quack. I heard Danny Duck, okay, I, I heard, you know, you know, different noises and people would mimic me, like, whatever it was, and so I, I was really self-conscious about how I walk, and so I remember in the hallway in our home when there was a long mirror and I would w- try to walk, you know, like try to, nor- like I'm trying to walk straight, not side to side, and, 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 and I do good for a while, and then I kind of go back to my way that I, that I walked, and, and I just was insecure, and then what made matters worse was my mom, we were walking down the street one day, and she goes, you really walk like daddy. She was referring to her father, my grandpa. I'm like, oh, great. This duck walking is genetic. <sighs> so over the years, I've tried to improve the way, I, the way I walk. And so after actually 20 years, my wife says, you know, I know something about you. You, you walk less ducky now. I'm like, oh, thanks, hon. That's such a compliment. I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, there's times like I, 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 I think, you know, being reminding of my, my grandpa, I think that could be a good thing, not so much of that and that. But I would say today I want to share with you that the, the, one of the greatest compliments we can receive is, as a follower of Christ is that we, that we walk like daddy. That, that people would go, wow, like, like father-like son, or like father-like like daughter. We're doing this series here called More Than Words. And we're looking at the Apostle John's letter to a group of people who were led astray that, that the walk and their talk didn't match. That the words and their, and their actions didn't necessarily need to match up. 
It was actually fake news that was shared that if you believe, little has to do with the way you act and what you believe. So we left, left off last week talking about this false teaching where it was so clear and John emphasizes that who you are really is a reflection of of your of your affection who you really who you really love and today we're going to talk about we're going to take talk about love again but in a, in a in a manner in fact we we sang about it earlier of a furious incredible love so we, we can all talk a good talk, but what, what it really comes down to is how you walk. And so here's the question is, well, what's your walk like? You know, we all have unique walks, you know, physically you can tell by, but I'm talking a little bit further than that. I'm a little, a little bit farther in who we are in our walk of, walk of life. And, and John said this last week, we, we looked at that whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. The people when they're when they're passing us by, they're like, "That look, that, man, that looks like somebody I know." They're, they're they're like a spitting image of, you know, who I'm thinking of. They man, the family resemblance is uncanny by their by their walk. So today, I want to share with you this morning is this: how we walk is a reflection of our relationship with our Father. How we walk, not just how we talk and what we believe, but how we walk is a reflection. Of our father, we 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 look we look like daddy. Some of us have done done pretty well of, of portraying ourselves in, in good days of, of resembling our, our our spiritual family. Some of us would say we haven't really we've had some bad days. Well, I want to assure you of this: when you when there's bad days, you're not reflecting that what you believe. I, I want you to know and be reassured of this: as we're going to look at, it, is that you you don't get booted out of the family. You don't you, you don't get disowned. And yet we can all look back maybe in moments in our lives where we probably cringe a little bit. The times that we've blew it, we messed up, we've said stupid stuff. And we, you know, somebody says, you know, your worst enemy is yourself. Actually, the worst enemy is, your, is the devil. And the devil will come along and he will capitalize on our failures. And he will say things like this. Well, yeah, yeah, you really did mess up. You, you really, you, you call yourself a Christian. But look at your walk. Look what you're doing. I mean, it, you don't really deserve God. You don't really. You shouldn't really go to church. You, you know, people. I mean, I mean, people find out. You're just not good enough. Why? Why even bother? And so, some of us, when we when we've messed up, when we've really blown it, we go, man, I don't cut it. I'm not gonna. I can't live up to it. And I, I want to give you some assurance here this morning. I hope I hope you know this is that we need to be reminded that we can all feel like that sometimes, a lot of times. And, and here's the, the, the beauty of it. If we were all perfect, if we were all perfect, we, this place would be empty. See, at Christ the King, I hope you know this, is that, that we're all growing group of people that are very, very imperfect. And, but we've discovered something I think is so valuable. This is, this is a gift. This is what we received is this. We are willing, many of us here are willing to admit that we're not perfect. That's the beginning point. That's the beginning point of us, but to know that even when we admit our imperfections, even though, even when we messed up, even when we screwed up, that 
that really, though, we're, we're not going to be disowned. That there is, there's a father with this invitation for us, and it's written by the, through the blood of Jesus, that we truly can be in the family no matter what. And all that relationship through this, this, to this father it comes through the son. So John, at the end of, we left off last week in 1 John 2, I want to jump into verse 23. He says this, no matter who denies the son has the father. I'm sorry, no one who denies the son has the father. Whoever acknowledges the son has the father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the son and in the father. And this is what he promises us. Here's the promise. Eternal life. Eternal life. Life. John is basically telling us it's our choice. It's our choice to remain in the family. God's given us this choice. No matter what, what we do, no matter what happens, we're not out of the family, but we make that decision. We choose to be in. But we're, you know this, we're not going to get booted out because of what you've done. So, see, much of our walk in life, I'm talking about the way we were raised and the way we we're going, is very much on a performance-based scenario. There, there's, there's people, especially, especially people that are closest, and even we would consider our father figure where it based a lot of it can be on, on fear. We, we, we grew up, maybe you grew up in a, in a high expectation home where if you didn't live up, you're not, you're not cutting it. And so we can, we can think of God as maybe has unrealistic expectations that like we're just not quite, you know, we could. Moments, good days, no, not most of the time not. We, we, can, we, can be, we can feel judged, you know, we grew up feeling judged and so we thought of God as judgmental. We can actually, maybe we have experienced being disowned. And so meaning at some point, at some time we've done too much, too late, God's saying, I'm sorry, you're out, Right? So it's critical when we turn to Scripture. We, we, we try to as much as we can. It's so important. We turn to Scripture to get the truth. To get the truth as we combat the lies that hit us and that, that, that in some ways embedded us that we can push, use the truth to push out those false teachings that we've learned about God and his love. And I like John, love what John says in, in, in beginning of chapter three. I mean, this is the verse. I mean, this really sums it all up. Uh, if you just hang on to this verse and I, I mean, this is what you got right here. I mean, it, it, if you could just let, let it sink in your soul this morning, it's this verse. How great, how great is the, is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Could you read that with me? Could we, could we, could we get this in this morning? Read this with me. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, that is what we, what we are. Yeah, that's what, that's what you are. You're, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. It's so good. It's so good. It's not just good, it's great. 
It's, it's not just good love, it's great love. But the thing about the word great here, this is something, you know, we, we love, I mean, I love English language most because I know it. I mean, that's helpful. I mean, I, it, you know, that's why I like it. It's, it's my favorite. But it doesn't always do justice. In fact, the Hebrew language or, and the Greek, mostly Hebrew, now this is in Greek originally, there's a lot of different facets of the language, the inflections of, so great here is, we just say great. Oh, you know, we say, that, pizza was great, right? We love pizzas, pizza. It doesn't do justice to it. Great here, it's not just a step above good. It's, it's actually even more than this, this great, it's more than this, this love, this great love. It's more than the father and, and mother's love combined. This great love here means a, a love that's beyond this world. It's this word agape, which means perfect, holy, bigger, the best of this entire world. And I love how the Apostle Paul, he, he says of this great love. In fact, we sang some of these, these lyrics this morning of this, uh, from this verse. It says this, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the the measure of all the fullness of God. And, and now to him, to is able to do immeasurably more than all we are ask or imagine according to his power that has worked within us. This love, you can't grasp it. You can't measure it. You can't get an angle of it. You can't, you can't wrap your arms around this love. It's big. It's massive. It's furious love that's changing hearts and minds. It's, it's, a, it's, it's this love that's there. And, and the great, great, or great, it's an understatement for this love the Father has lavished on us. What's this word lavish mean? Well, it means generous, benevolent, extravagant, Excess over the top, spare no expense, and to, even to the point, it means a, a rich sugar daddy giving his little princess every little thing her little stuck-up heart wants. Love. <laughs> that's God's love, but it's undeserving to us. But that's what He's lavished on us, and this. It's, this love is more than the, 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 the money that anything the world can have because it's beyond this world. It's the greatest gift ever. It is his, how did he lavish it? How did he give it? What is all through his son? The love, everything, all that love was poured through his son and the sacrifice that he gave. This great love, this was a gift greater than, 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 than anything created. It was his very self, Emmanuel, God with us. It's Jesus. The cross of Christ, it sealed our adoption papers so that it could, it could, it could hold and contain, if anything possible, this, this everlasting love that the Father has for us. Do you get it? You can't get it. It's too much. It's, get it. We can't even comprehend it all. And yet, Jesus helps us be able to wrap our arms around him and who he is. And he came in, in, in bodily form. He came to us in a way that we can understand and articulate so much this love that we have. And so, see, you see, God, you, you probably know this before. God is just God without a relationship with with Jesus. 
God, God is, is not our father until we receive the son, truly, spiritually, for all of us. He says, you, you, we call children of God, and that is what you are. And the reason that is what you are is when you accept the son. Jesus said to himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And then he says this. Sometimes we miss this part of it. He says, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. They were looking at him like father, like son. I'm proud to carry the family name McAvoy. I'm proud of that. And I get every week I get asked, are you, are you one of the McAvoys? And like, yes, the, the name on the truck I'm related to. Okay. So if you see the, the oil trucks all over the County, I'm related to them and I'm proud to be related to them. I really am. I have a wonderful family. And uh, just so you know, to correct things that that's not the duck walking side of the family. That's the other side. So, and I'm proud of that side as well. But you know what? What's even more, more proud of what, you know what I'm really, really proud of? Is being part of this family here. Be part of the Christ the King family. Bigger, bigger than the Christ the King family. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the, the Church of Jesus family. Aren't you? I'm proud. I'm, I'm in the family. Wow. It's a pretty big family. And I don't know, I don't know, know everybody, right? I mean, how do you know everybody in the family? It's a big family reunion. It'll happen one day in heaven. It's going to be pretty amazing. But, but you know who's even prouder of this family? God is. God is. Think about this. If God had a wallet, all our pictures would be in it. If he had an iPhone... Instagram, oh man, it'd be huge. He'd just be flying through pictures. Look, look at my kids. Look, oh, do you see my kids? You see what they did the other day? It was phenomenal. It was amazing. Okay, we know. You know, people share pictures. You know, if God had a fridge, if God had a fridge, your little handprints would be on there. Little, little artwork, you know. You know what I'm saying? And you look like well, that's terrible looking. Well, that's no, 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 that's that's I'm proud of. That's artwork. That's my child. That's my kid. That's my son. That's my boy. That's my that's my girl. See, our, our, our father loves us in such a way. This, this love that he has for us, it brings, you know what it does? What is this lavish love? It brings, it brings completeness. It brings fulfillment. It brings comfort. It brings assurance. It brings unlimited and unconditional, and, and let's emphasize this this morning, undeserving. It's undeserving love. Why? Because our, but here's the thing. Our walk is a reflection of that relationship. So uh, you might be here this morning, just like I, you know, walking insecurity in life and trying to, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk not like a duck. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk, you know, I think spiritually sometimes we want to try to correct our walk, don't we? We want to go, I don't know. I, there's times where I'm doing good. I'm walking the right way and on the path and I'm in, in, in strut and stride and feeling cool and I'm going down the street and then there's moments I'm not. And those are the bad moments. Those are the times like I am not, a, my walk is not a reflection of my love for my father. And you want to do it differently. I think you're here this morning because you do want to do it differently. John gives us some help this morning to help our walk and our talk, that they match up a little bit, that it would really be a reflection. And it's through the, the pathways through his great love. So walking reflections love. First thing you write this in is this, is that this, there's nothing we can do. Can I tell you? There's nothing we can do can, that can separate us from his love. Nothing you can do separates us from the love. When our, when our children were little, we used to say to them, and we still say to them when they're older, you know, there's nothing you can do that will 
that will cause us to stop loving you. We will always love you regardless. Now, they get older, that gets tested a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, teenage years, and some of you who are empty nesters know the fact that there's times and there's moments where, where you know, you're going, really? You're going that way, you're doing that, you're going, and they make their own decisions and choices. But I know deep down, many of your parents, you go, you still love your kid. As a matter is they're going on a completely different direction than you would desire and want them to. And maybe you wouldn't say even the way God, God would want them to. You still love them. You care for them. And, and, and that's that kind of love it, 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 is you love them regardless. And that unconditional love that you have for them is only a fraction of how our Father loves us. But it's so hard in a very performance-driven, judgmental world we live in. So Paul tells us something amazing about the promise of God's love. Listen to this. you got to be reminded of this. For I am convinced, Paul says, that, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, and demons, nor n- n- neither the, the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from what? The love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's, God's taking us and saying, look, look me in the eye. He's saying, listen, listen, listen. Let me see your eyes. Listen, I love you. I love you regardless of anything that happens. If you mess up, I still love you. I'm not going to disown you. I'm not going to walk out on you. I am your everlasting father. And I've proven that great love by giving my son. See, our, our walk and reflection of the reality is, is to know this. You can write this in. Our sin, this is so important, um, despite all this love we're talking about, is this. Our sin, you know what it does, though? It, it doesn't just break the rules. It hurts God's heart. So he loves us, he loves us, he loves us, everlasting love. But we got to make sure, we got to deal with this. And, and John deals with it here is that our sin, it's not just breaking the rules. It is... It hurts the heart of God. And I think one of the challenges in our Christian walk, if you've been a Christian for a while and you're, you're walking Christian walk, is that sometimes we can make it about rules. We can slip in. It, we can, there's a distance because what's interesting about rules, and you might disagree and we can talk afterwards about this, but I think many times rules are actually easier to follow than relationship. In some ways it is. You just Because rules can be just a formula. Rules can be just this formula where we, we, we just follow like one, two, three, and then, okay, good. I'm good, right? Good. And then I, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to have any interaction. And that's, that's not the heart of God at all. God wants this relationship with us. And I think what happens is when we let the relationship grow distant and cold, we make it about the rules. We make it about the have tos. We make it about, well, I, I need to, I should, you know, I should go to church. I should read my Bible. I, I need to do this. I have to do this. We get focused on those, those areas. So listen, the goal of the walk, walking with God is, is not how close you get to the edge without sinning. It's how far away you get from sin that sin doesn't become as attractive anymore, that you're, you're drawing closer to God. That's the goal, right? Because we get on the, we do this, we kind of like, let's just, it's kind of like, you ever done that with the, with the flame in a, in a, in a candle? Like, you ever as kids, you know, after Thanksgiving dinner, you're sitting there at the table, like, I'm just going to, oh, I did it. And like, and then, 
a little bit, like slow, oh, oh wow, and then like, ouch, okay, that, I burn myself, okay, we do that with sins, I'm silly, but we do that all the time, and we're missing it, and I think what happens is, our bar gets really, really low, and I think what we, you could say is kind of the bare minimum mentality, I, think, I see this very prevalent in our, in our world today, what, what happens is this, it's, I kind of, kind of like D minus people, you know people, maybe maybe you could say times for you, like you got through school like barely, and so you know you pass, D minus is a pass, you get credit, right? You're in, you made it. And so we take that D minus mentality into our into our, uh, our, our, our job, and so we just you just do the minimum, you just do the minimum so you don't get fired. Okay, just enough. People take the bare minimum mentality in relationships. You know, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of be in this marriage. I'm just kind of, you know, I just want to. I don't want. My goal is not to make my wife mad. Okay, I don't want her mad. I'm a husband. I'm just gonna do the minimum. So, and then, and then people wonder in their life, how come my career is going down the toilet? How come my marriage sucks? Doing the bare minimum. Listen, bare minimum mentality reaps bare minimum results. And I think that applies in a relationship with God. Is what you put into it, you do get out of it. And it's not that God's going to disown you. It's not that God's going to go, hey, you're out. That's it. You know, you, 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 you failed. No, he still accepts us. But it's, it, what we've done is we've, we've not made it about the relationship. God, God has rules. Rules are important. They're commands even. But they're not here just to control our life. They're to guide our life to live the greater potential that he has for us. It's, the rules are out, actually help us to deepen our relationship with God. To go further with him in further relationship. And you, it's kind of even like the parent, you know, parent and, and, and child relationship. You know, I, I know there's times where kids do stuff, you know, and they mess up. But we don't kick them out of the family. You broke that dish. You did, you're out. You know, that's it. You're, you're gone. No, we don't. But we, we sometimes we take that mentality into our relationship with God. Listen, sin is wrong. And we suffer the consequences, but more important than anything, it breaks the heart of God. Listen, it's no different in parenting where, you know, when, when our kids do something wrong and, and, and we, and, or, or we've, we've sinned against our spouse. I mean, there's, there's some people that have been unfaithful to their spouse. What it does is not just you, did, you sinned against them, you, 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 you hurt them deeply. Sin is, is personal and painful. And it's the same in a relationship with God. Well, you know, I have to forget that, that God is, God is a, a living being. He's not just an entity. He's not just an icon. It's not just a stoic, stoic thing we worship. He is a person. He is, he is a living, eternal being that we hurt his heart. So as kids, we typically, intrinsically, we, we don't want to, we want, we, want our, we want our parents to be proud of us. And when, when parents come along and we do something wrong, I don't know if this happened to you, when they, then you're, you're fearful of them and you're getting in trouble and they're mad at you and then they say this, they go, you know, son, daughter, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed in you. Oh. No, we, mom, we'd rather have you yell at us than say those, because some lady, ladies, you've been a little bit like, you just, you hurt me. You hurt me. And all oh, as kids, we just melt. Because no, we don't want to hurt mom's heart. And it's the same way in a relationship with our father. Yes, we're going to, yes, we're going to, we're going to sin, but it hurts. We disappoint. And if, if you're in a place where you sin and, it, and you, it, it, you disappoint God and you feel it, 
that should be natural. That means you're born of God. But I tell you, if you sin and you don't care any regards for that, well, you know what? John makes a pretty clear point that maybe, just maybe, you're not one of God's children. You're thinking, wow, that's really, well, John cuts through the confusion right here where he, where he says this. He says, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous. Just as he is righteous, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They, they, they cannot go on sinning because they've been born of God. This is how we know who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Are anyone who does not, uh, sorry, anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. What's John saying here? Well, he's saying if you're living blatantly, rebelliously, a life of sin, there's got to be a question at some point whether you or someone you know is born of God in the first place. Wow, that's pretty, do you know where that's going there? And that's pretty, that's pretty serious. Well, sin's serious thing. See, listen, listen, yes, you're going to sin. We're going to sin. Okay. It's not saying it's not, you're not going to sin. It's the keep on sinning part is the problem. That's the problem. So here's the question that maybe help you a little bit. It comes down to this. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Right? The answer has everything to do with your attitude toward your sin. If daddy is your de- if the devil is daddy, sin is not a big deal. You just follow dad, daddy devil's footsteps. That's how you just walk. That's how you roll. That's how you, that's how you stroll down life. It's no big deal, right? But if God is your father, you desire to please him. And so when you do wrong, you're not flippant about your sin. You're at a place of remorse. Now, will you be perfect? No, no. We will all sin, but it's our attitude towards sin that really matters. Those of us who are truly born of God approach sin. We approach it with deep brokenness and sorrow and repentance of what we've done. Because it's not what we just did wrong. It hurts the relationship with God. We did wrong. More than that, though, we disappointed the heart of God. Now, does he, does he love us when we sin? Always. Remember great? Remember lavish love? But does he trust us? Eh, not so much. Trust has to be earned. Trust has to be built up. It can be over time. It's proven. It's proven this way. See, finally, how we walk is a reflection of that relationship. Our, our love for him is not proven by what we say, but by what we do. I've done countless weddings and I've done them in just beautiful. I've been invited different places. I've done them in churches, done a few here. I've done them I've outdoor, indoor. I've done them in stained glass and beautiful manners. I've, I've even done a, a wedding, got flown over to do it in a Hawaiian beach. Beautiful. It was amazing. If you want to get married in Hawaii, call, Hawaii, call me up. I'd love to help you out there. <laughs> but all of them do the same thing. They all look at each other and they, they exchange vows. 
There's people getting married this summer. They're here. They're gonna get, you're going to exchange vows. And you're going you're gonna to either say somebody's vows that you, people wrote. Or you're going to write your own. And love, honor, and cherish. I love, honor, and cherish. Do death to his part. Death to his part. And you go, so help me God. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm in. Okay. I, I'm, I'm committed to you. Okay. Well, awesome. But they're only words. They're only words. You know, unfortunately, some of those some of those weddings um, that that I've done in beautiful—I mean, I'm saying beautiful places—those people aren't even married anymore. I don't, you know, that it's what happened was, what happened was, love got lost because not not by what was said, but what was not done. It wasn't even what they did, though that could have been part of it. It's what they didn't do. They, they didn't love, honor, and cherish. They didn't, they, it wasn't in the words. It was in the, in the actions. And so John says straight up of what love is. If you, you want to know what love is, this is what it is. This, is. this is how we know what love is. Here it is. Here it is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the, how, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let's not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And you heard this over and over again. Listen, people care deadly squat what you believe, even what you say. What really matters is what you do. It really matters. Are you loving the way? Are you loving the way that God loves you and, and expressing that love? It's in not in our words, more than words. It's in action and in truth with our actions. When we reach out to those that are in need, when we care in a tangible way to those that are going to be, that are a place that need food and more than need a food nowadays, you can get food anywhere. It's good to give meals out. They need a friend. They need people in relationship with them. Now it's interesting. John says in actions and in truth, how do you love someone in truth? Well, what does the Bible say? You speak the truth in love. You love them so much that you speak truth to them. We should love people in tender ways. When people are in crisis, people are ill, life is caving in, we don't go up to them and go, you know what? You just need to buck up, right? Right? No. We reach out and we care and we help. It's convalescence care. And then we get them help, get them back on their feet. And then we go, head on out. <laughs> Time to fly again. Got the wings fixed. Now it's time to get out of the nest again. It's, it's tender love and tough love. And those are so tough to do <laughs> at life. And, and yet, with great expression of compassion, we can love by empowering and helping people. So that's always a tricky thing to do. But here's what I love about 1 Corinthians 13 about love. It says this. I love this. And this is so good. Love never fails. So if you attempt to love and people don't like the way you loved... You tried. You tried to love. You, tried to, you did it with the heart of love. You tried to care in the best way. Love never fails. Love never fails. Let me ask this so as we wrap up here. Who, who do you know that needs the Father's great love? Who is it in your life? Who is it this week? Is there people in your life that, that, that are, you, know, you work with, that you live with, that you go to school with? Who is it in your life? Who is it that you can, you can invest in in, in, a, in a practical way of love this week? There's people all around. Last week, we, we put this challenge out. It's the 30-day 
challenge, 30 day kindness challenge. I don't know if anybody did this. I get a little email each day if you sign up on the on the bottom there uh, through through uh, the, the, the jointhekindnesschallenge.com. They'll send you a little reminder today. My wife, it, she's she's coming later. She's coming to the second service. I, I just I'm so proud of myself. I it said to this morning I clicked on it, it says write a little note, you know, and put it in their like dashboard of their car. So right now she's getting that little note, and so I'm proud of that. And um, isn't it cute? I mean, yeah. But here's the thing: practical ways, not just in words, but practical ways to reach out. Who is it in your life? Pick somebody to be kind to this week. Take the challenge. And this is the way: you don't say anything bad about them or to them. You you speak positive words of affirmation to them, and you do something nice to them. But here's the thing: I want to make sure is they need to know you because if you don't, if they don't know you, that's creepy. Okay? Don't do that. Okay? Reach out in some ways. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This this last week, our, our community we, we, there were some suicides. There were some suicides. There's some, 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 some kids that ended their life. And you're saying kids. There was multiple people this last week. Some of them were televised and, and notified. You know, some of them weren't. I, I know a few that happened this week. No one even knows about it because no one knew them. What if this week we could thwart some suicides? I know that sounds ominous. I'm like, oh my gosh. But you just never know. What if it's that extra little conversation with someone? What if it's a smile? What if there's these moments that we could go and people go, not this week. I'm going I'm to live this week. I'm gonna, I feel like I got some hope. I got some opportunities. People that are around you, you're looking out, and you're going, how are you really? Now, how are you? How are you really? And we speak in each other's life. There's these moments. But as we, as we pray, let me just ask this last question. Are you following the footsteps of your dad? Are you following the footsteps of your dad? I mentioned my, my, my grandpa. And uh, I, I want to make sure that I, I, it's not this my, that I got my walk from my grandpa, my physical walk. I really feel like I, I inherited his spiritual, like, a spiritual walk, his legacy. My grandpa came to faith in Christ literally in the back 40 of his farm as a young adult. He came to grips that he, he was a sinner and needed Jesus and gave his life to the Lord, raised 10 children. Uh, he was, a, he was a, a garbage truck driver. I haven't took that career on yet, but he did that for many, many years. Um, but more than that, my, my grandpa, he was, a, he was an elder in his church. He had a passion for the Lighthouse Mission. He was on the board for many, many years, reaching out to homeless people and sharing the gospel. So I just have a heart for the Lighthouse but what's kind of interesting is my, I remember when I was a kid, I'd go up to this gravel road into this little like woods into this little church. And it was just north of the Guide Meridian. And we go up in this little gravel road and this little, little chapel. Well, eventually this sh- there's a shopping center that got built there. And so this little church got moved. It's actually on the corner of Northwest and Aldridge Road, little Bible chapel. And, and, and my grandpa helped that, that little church. Well, you know, some of you kind of know that like, there was a shopping center that was, was built and everything. And then this, like the store went out of business. And so this little other little church moved in called Christ the King. And my grandpa, so that's hollow ground for me. That's where my grandpa, like he, go, he claimed that, that land for the Lord. So we're all part of, let me ask, what's, what's, what footsteps are you following? Let's follow the example. And who will be following us? It's, our walk is a reflection of our love of our Father that's in us and flowing through. So I'd like our team to come as we close here.